Another episode. I'm your host, Kirsten, the moderately successful host. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. Like, Chris, help me out. I like I like the one you dropped last time. I, I can't know. remember what it was. I know. But I, I, I liked it. I can't you, remember you it. Go now. back and listen to it. I got to go back and listen to what it was. Dang. Okay. And I have um, today. We have a, another guest host today. Uh, our special guest. Hello, it's the liberal lobbyist. Yes, <laughs> Nora Yaya. Nora Yaya's in the house, and we also have, of course. Hello, 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 hello. Everybody's favorite conservative in New York, Christopher Wright. And we are the Politics Podcast. Um, today we are on episode twenty-six. So date, you know, we just keep chugging along. We're like, you know, yeah, we're getting there. Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> He's like, all right, we're getting there. Calm down. We still, still got a lot more to go. Uh-huh. Listen, we're doing this until 2020 until we have a new president. So a new president, well, 2024. That's a quite a bit of time. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for listening and sharing the podcast and leaving comments. Please continue to share it with friends and family. Follow us on Politics Podcast on Instagram. Twitter, Politics Pod. Find us on YouTube. If you're listening to us on YouTube now, click like, leave a comment, and hit subscribe. We're on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeart, Anchor. So there's no reason why you're not listening to us on every... St- like, you should be listening every... And if you're on YouTube, share. Can't forget yes, that. Yes, that's share true. As well. Yes, come on. And help us, get us, help us get this podcast charting with the rest of the political podcasts yes. that are out there. So um, today our special host is Nora Yaya, and she's um, a New York lobbyist and also a stand-up comedian. And Mm -hmm. she's here gracing her presence here, and she's going to give us some great, great um, commentary. She's a liberal, guys. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now we're back to balancing the plate. Because last week we had, what do we call, um, is he a libertarian? More libertarian, I'll say. Libertarian-leaning, you know, independent. Yeah. But he's still, he's still, he's still, he's a Trump supporter. Trump supporter. So at the moment, he he supports a conservative president or, you know. Yeah, shout out to Alad. Alad is one of our, um, he's. Alad. Alad. See, look, I did, I usually say it right. I'll say it, I've been saying it wrong. I, 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 mean, I heard him say Alad. it last time. And I said, Alad. Alad. Okay. Yes. Our, um, like Aladdin, like the first time I met yes. him, he said. Yes, mm-hmm. that says. Okay, so Nora, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I've been in New York for 10 years and working for government or nonprofits or lobbying that whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked for multiple different nonprofits mm-hmm. um, and worked in city government, mm-hmm. uh, managing several different budgets, including yeah. the Department of Education. Yeah. Um, and now I'm a lobbyist and I represent 11 different nonprofits and try to go get the bag for okay. my clients, basically. Yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah, From that, the government. Get that money. From the government. From the government. Yeah. And and then tell us about your stand-up comedy, because that's pretty, that's like two different worlds. How'd you get into that? It is. You know, it's something I always wanted to do, and um, in my family, I was the smart one, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like every black family is kind of funny, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I feel like, do you, do you guys go on Shade Room and look at the, the comments? Yes, they're hilarious. Girl, I'm like, I was cackling on the my way here. so funny. Like, y'all are so quick. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. You know, so oh, funny. Yeah. So, we have such great commentary. I swear, like, just hilarious. So mm-hmm. I just was like, let me like not give you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, actually, my grandfather passed, and I felt like he had a lot of things that he didn't get to do. And I was like, yo, we live once, mm-hmm. so I'm get on that stage, and I've been doing it for a little over two years. Oh wow! Um, so and it's, it's really amazing. new. Then. It's new. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, I should have started a long time ago because now I'm old. But it's mm. cool, you know. But. I mean, there's no eight. I mean, it doesn't really. No, there's like sixty-seven-year-olds still yeah, doing stand-up. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. Yeah, but like you're you're like new in the sense of like like the other comedians that have been doing that have been in the circuit for so long. So you're like the new face. They say it takes ten years. Oh, yeah. Wow. But is that something you want to do? Like, yeah. would you like give that? Would you give up like working in political field and like? That's the hard part. Like, I I'm a political junkie. Always have been. Mm-hmm. I grew up in D.C. Hey. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was Baltimore. Do we got Maryland. a Baltimore? Hey. He's from Maryland. Okay, Maryland. He's from Rat. Rat City. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no comment. <laughs> My sister 
Baltimore. Lives in Baltimore. One of them. Um, no, I'm just kidding. To Baltimore. I love this. I love this I'm city. Like, I'm just joking. Cause... No, but <laughs> but also I don't. But uh, <laughs> no, DC. And um, you know, we were talking, and I started interning for Feinstein at 17, wow. like on the hill. So one of your favorites. It's just in my blood. So I can't. I can't. Senator like, Feinstein. You any love comment? Her, right? She's amazing. No, I have absolutely no comment right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll let you ladies talk. Right? Kavanaugh, <laughs> the Brett Kavanaugh supporter over here. Hey, drop the Kavanaugh. This is for Kavanaugh, my boy. Oh, no. This is going to be a lot of fun. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to so be a lot fun. of fun. So, yes, I don't think I would totally give it up, but mm-hmm. I would like to find a way to bring the worlds together. Cool. Yeah. And, in, and like, I guess if you had to say, I know you said you don't, you're not a political comedian. Like, no. you're, it's about your. I just life. feel like it really divides the room. You know, like I don't, I don't talk about Trump per se. I yeah. might talk about what's current, like gentrification. That's just a real thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But I try not to bring in too many politics, um, mm-hmm. just because I want to make everyone feel light yeah. and forget their worries and their yeah. day, and just like laugh and mm-hmm. be free. You know, real talk. No real talk. So, yeah. You had said something a couple episodes ago that was so. Remember, we laughed. We thought it was so funny. He said, like, he your church, like you go to church, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> and they bring up Trump. Like when I'm in church, I'm like, I came to hear the word of God, not yeah. talk about. Trump. <laughs> what was right. the saying like we, like pray for us <laughs> he says <laughs> sometimes I gotta hear myself and I said, Did I say that? He, said he said pray for us while we have this president here and it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. But you think about it, it's like why do you, I mean it's kind of unfair too because it's like if people there if there's people parishioners that are there who mm-hmm. support tr- like Trump, like, how do you it like, isolates them? You but, know, but like I said, it divides the room, even yeah. in church. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's what that's why I respect people that don't bring up Trump's name if they're doing whatever their profession is, sports, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just you're doing what you do, and hey, I'm, mm-hmm. are you entertained? Are you good? And I'm good. Right. So, and that's all. What it's all about. I came here to get away from politics. So right. Right. We're bringing it everywhere. It seems like super important. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, speaking of Trump, how was everybody's week? I don't know. That's not a really good transition. But how was everybody's? <laughs> how was everybody's uh, week? Speaking about Trump, hey, I hope you guys had a good week. <laughs> I don't know. Because Trump's just not having a great week. So I'm, I'm oh, sure all of us are having great weeks, better weeks than he is. It's been a long week and it's, it's not that late in the week. So, <laughs> so how, okay, so how, how has the last couple of days been for you? Um, I just got back from Denver. Oh. I had like a girls trip. Sweet. You know, oh. me and my friends, we, it was like not very many black girls that went to Duke and mm-hmm. we get together, try to annually. And so this was like our annual Duke, bas- Duke basketball. Shout out. Ca- yeah. North Carolina? North Carolina. Oh. Durham. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. So that I was actually wanted to go to Duke when I was young and then. I didn't go. I and then to, the lacrosse to, scandal happened. No. <laughs> no. Oh, I was in college when that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, didn't, he, didn't they come out to be innocent, though? Wait, were you in class? Well, wasn't it like yeah. the sh- they were like yes, stripper? They were. Yeah, they were. They were like strippers. It was a hashtag Me Too moment. Oh. Supposed oh, Me Too moment. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what they didn't report was when the lacrosse players told her to thank her grandfather for their cotton shirts. So there was a lot of underlying what like craziness. Yeah. I mean, these were just rich kids that were like. Was, yeah, that's rich. A lot of them from Maryland, Potomac. Mm. So, oh, yeah. rich place. Very, very blue mm-hmm. state, by the way, guys. Mm-hmm. Throw that in there. <laughs> It is, thankfully, saying. thankfully. Mm-hmm. So how was your week, Chris? What did you do? I uh, ran to Antifa. Oh, oh. oh. Ah, yeah, you yes. sent us that video that weekend. That was scary. Yeah, I was uh, leaving Trump Tower, and I was going about my day, and I saw a group of individuals marching down the street with a big banner sign saying, like, no fascism, no racism, no something, blah, 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 blah. You know the BS, guys, you know what I'm talking about. So I see it, and I know immediately, I'm like, this is Antifa. So I so I get my camera phone out. You know, it's everybody's favorite conservative in New York. I'm like, I got to give you the info, the straight head, the, the facts right there in your face, not the Anderson Cooper nonsense. So I turn it on, and I start recording them. And while I'm recording them, I, you know, you see a bunch of, of course, soy boy beta males in the front looking like zombies. But anyways, <laughs> I, I went around to the side in the middle. And when I get there, somebody says, oh, that's a fascist, Christopher Wright. How, oh, they knew who you were? <laughs> oh, yeah. They, I'm, wow. I'm, people want to say my channel's out there. I'm, I'm technically like the biggest conservative in New York. No, but these Antifa and, people aren't like, they don't follow that. They, they, but they, 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 they follow they, they, on the internet, though. They're gotcha. on the internet all the time. Yeah, so they yeah. know so who's they know on both sides. Yeah, yeah. So, so so when they saw me, and also I record the Proud Boy incident that happened prior to that, mm. that the, the altercation that broke out between them and Antifa. So it, my face is in that video. So anybody from Antifa saw that video saw my face. So when they saw me, they said, there's a fascist Christopher Wright, yada, yada, yada. And then I'm like, you know, so I flipped the camera on me to show everybody, hey, look, there's a black dude that they're calling a fascist, by the way. <laughs> and I say, hey, you Real know, time. hey, look, at they're calling a fascist, you know, kind of thing. And then they, the uh, police officer that was walking with them mm-hmm. pushed me onto the sidewalk with them. 
and I was trying to walk mm. across the street. And he said, on the sidewalk, can you push him out? And I'm not blaming the police for anything. I'm not, that's the whole thing. I, you know, they're doing what they're told to do. And when I walked through the crowd, you know, they were banging on pans, cussing me out, flipping mm. the bird all over the place. All, you know, a lot of white guys in masks, you know. That's so, you know, huh. anyways, so I was walking and they were getting all my ear on my face and a black dude that was in the crowd, the, you know, the, the token came up to me and he started, you know, so cussing me out and oh, where you live? I know you're out in Brooklyn. I watch your videos. You off the decab, blah, 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 blah. you know, I'm going to find you when I see you kind of thing, you know, all that nonsense, you know, all that, you know. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the word, but you guys know what I'm talking about that, right. that kind of dude. And he was in my ear, so I totally ignored him. Yes, you guys watch the video. He wasn't even like uh, he didn't even phase me. And I just walked through the crowd, got through. He eventually backed off, and that was how it went down, man. And I put it out there, and the video was going viral on Twitter, about 100k almost. And then they deleted the video, so I had to repost it. It's at about 12k now. So, what you guys see on my YouTube channel, Jeez. I recommend checking it out. Oh my gosh! Wow. And F Antifa. Now this this whole like Proud Boys versus Antifa versus like all these like different uh, movements, Black Lives Matter. It's just becoming like like gangs, man. Like the movie yeah, the Warriors. Yeah, but it's like, what are we doing? That like, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, what's the point now at this point? Like, what are we trying? What are we trying to achieve with these kind of? We're gonna fight each other. Like, this isn't like. I was just I was just talk, I just saw something um, again. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> well, you don't think you don't think it's kind of a little bit obsessive? I mean, when you look globally, like there's protests going on in Talk, so many yeah. different countries, right. and they are making policy changes based on that. They have overturned government, so I think that there is power in protesting. I think for us. We just don't know what we want to get out of it yet, right? right? And we're not unified. So that's the factions is what's causing the craziness. But right. I, I do think there's power behind it. I wouldn't dismiss it. You wouldn't se. dismiss it? Well, there's power in revolutions because you have substance behind a revolution. That's what mm -hmm. civil rights was a revolution, right. civil rights movement. Yeah. So that makes sense. But a lot of these groups don't have substance behind them. Yeah. So it's like you guys had a sign up saying no fashion, no racism, no all this, but then you're yelling at a black guy who wasn't, I, at first didn't say a word. I was just recording. Right. And then they attacked me. So it's like, Aren't you being racist right now, technically? Technically? Well, they knew you, right? And they knew your brand. Uh, one guy knew me. And the rest, because they, they walked by for quite a few. So when one guy says, hey, this guy's a fascist, this black guy's a fascist, then, yeah. then everybody believes him? Yeah. Like, come on, do you yeah. guys know me? Not necessary. I mean, we can talk to each other. I mean, if you're, I mean, protesting has nothing to do with calling someone a fascist and and trying to attack him. Like, that doesn't make sense yeah. either. Yeah. Like, once we started trying to attack each other, that's when, like, to me, I don't, I, I, I you discredit, you're discredited. Uh, I, I totally agree. And, like, if you would have came to me and just wanted to, even in a somewhat aggressive manner and just want to have a debate or a conversation, Dialogue, I would have yeah. been, hey, I'm not, let's do it. I wouldn't have mm -hmm. said, F off, you evil communist. I'd have done all that nonsense. Right. I said, let's talk. Let's, let's go. I, I want to scoot rather school you there than <laughs> anywhere else you know it's one of these things that at some point we're gonna have to like start to like get to you know we need to start to get to get along with one another because we're we're becoming like like it's it's like this like you said it's like a gang mentality like the reds against the blues mm -hmm. and people are so afraid to be cool with each other anymore like yeah. this show what i love about our show is that we're like bringing different dialogue we're not just you know it's not just one sided you know no no so. that's why but that's why i show people because when people see me sometimes they might think sometimes they do think matter of fact that oh he's this right wing <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. and then i'm like i tell them about the show and they're like look at me like i'm crazy i'm like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, like, exactly. what does that tell you you know so, that's cool <laughs> Yeah, right. but you know, I, first thing I did for them when I got home was pray for them because, like the Bible says, you pray for your enemies. You know, you don't, you know, you love your enemies. So I don't hate these guys. I just hope that uh, you know God opens their eyes up a little more and see the bigger picture. Gotcha. All right. Well, my week was good. Um, nothing really, pretty uneventful. My weekend was pretty uneventful. Um, my fiance wasn't feeling well, so we kind of chilled and hung out in the apartment. Nothing. Nothing exciting. I'm looking forward to the holidays yeah. that's coming up. So, but let's get into some topics. You guys ready to politic? Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. So let's do it. All right. So another one bites the dust. Oh, um, Michael Cohen. <laughs> First there's Michael Cohen. Then there's pa Paul Manafort. Then there's Rick Gates. George Papa Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. <laughs> Why does that name always sound so familiar? I feel like Jay Z has a a song where he says. Papa Do or Cameron, one of them did. Um, sorry, New York, New York rap stuff. <laughs> Michael Flynn. Now there's Roger Stone. 
A former aide and longtime friend to President Trump was found guilty on Friday of obstructing a congressional investigation into the Russia's interference in the 2016 election in what prosecutors said was an effort to protect Mr. Trump. How is it that all of Trump's confidants and associates are all in prison or legal trouble outside of him and his family? How does that work? Like, why is he like, why is Teflon Don still? <laughs> because he's done nothing wrong. And, and that's it's plain and simple. And, it, and what they're doing right now is attacking every person that met Trump one time. He shook his hand. We're like, we're going to find all your records and we're going to find one thing and we're going to put you in jail for that. I don't that. know. 18 conversations is more than one time. But 18 conversations know. with uh, what? The, when it comes to this Ukraine thing or mm-hmm. wait them out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, but, but what yeah, about but, but, but all these conversations? But where's the Roger, evidence, But Roger is not like Roger has a history of being a shady dude. Exactly. And it's like now you pulling that pulling his card now when he's right. like 80 years old and you kick right. his door down with the FBI and like <laughs> what the heck are y'all doing? Like, And he made a documentary on Netflix last year for crying he out loud. Did. So he this guy's this evil. Did you watch that one? No, I didn't. I watched enjoyed it. it. I, enjoyed I it actually much. watched it. I, I I was like, wow, this guy is really like he is an he narcissist. West, he's he's something something's a little bit off of with him. He's not all there. Something's wrong with him. I mean, like he has Nixon tattooed on his. He looks like Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shout he's to Mr. Stuck, Monopoly. You know. <laughs> but but I, I mean I I'm just trying to understand like how does Michael Cohen go to jail like you're best lawyer friend and then He's for a 10 years in new york like what like you know he's not going to pardon anyone right it doesn't so, look like it yeah. i thought manafort was the one that he would pardon but it doesn't look like he's going to do it so what does that mean you know, like because if, if he try to pardon him, they try to link him. Oh, see, look, there, there it is. He's a Russian. He's a Russian. See, and it's just everything. That's he just what, just whatever. And we arrest my friend, my lawyer friend, for something twenty five years ago. Well, okay, go no, ahead. No, but the lawyer friend, you're talking. Who, who are you? Cohen. For, Cohen. But you can't forget that Cohen literally like is he lied. He like they. It was campaign financing yeah. charges. So why is Trump going to pardon him? That's your problem. Yeah, much. but and wh- and you, they came and the thing is they came after him and. Mm-hmm. Trump's like, that's wrong. And then when they get him on something, he's not going to come and say, oh, he didn't commit that crime 20 years ago or mm. whatever these people are, uh, things are doing. So, because mm. if he did that, then people are going to say, look, he's okay in criminals and da 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 da. He's trying to pass. So he just, he has to be hands off with certain things, unfortunately. And that mm-hmm. even includes the government going after his friends and the media. And what does that mean about like his Twitter? Like, you know, because he's so active on there and he's still a voice. Like, you're still the president of the United mm-hmm. States, mm-hmm. even on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for you to push back mm-hmm. and go against your own administration sometimes, Mm-hmm. And their efforts. It's like I'm curious what you think about that, Chris. Mm-hmm. I guess. No, I, I like it. I like it. He's a people's champ. So uh, Twitter has always been his way directly to get to us. Um, throughout, even before he got elected, you know, uh, when they were the media would come out and say, "Oh, he said this and a third and tried to whatever," they would just he would go to Twitter and that would be his source, and. And that was, you know, so I'm okay with him using Twitter as, you know, talking about the negativity of his own administration. And it's, yes, it's his own administration, but these, everybody's administration is people he knew personally. A lot of times when he got, unfortunately, when he attacked a lot of these people he initially brought into his administration, got, and they either had to leave or back off or whatever. And now he's got, he's stuck with people that have been in pol- politics for the last 20, 30, 40 years, a swamp pretty much. Mm-hmm. So now he has a swamp in his administration. Mm-hmm. So of course he's going to attack the administration sometimes because they're not people he initially got in there to put in the first place. It's these swamp creatures crawling around. And he's going to pull the card. I and think I that's dangerous. That. Those swamp creatures have kept this economy afloat and kept us as the superpower of the world. So uh, ten, They get us $10 trillion. <laughs> we have to respect our Hello. government workers. Hello. Uh, I mean, a little bit. I mean, they get $20 trillion in debt. And they got some oh, wars no. that were oh, that was that, were, oh, that was not them. That was, <laughs> don't forget your. You know what we forget? You're Republican. I know you're not Republican. He's conservative. He doesn't consider himself a Republican. But we have to. We can't forget Republicans have like GW, like what he did. Reagan. And is, Reagan is he not a politician? I'm talking about politicians. Right, but I'm just saying. Oh, you weren't pointing. I'm, I'm saying okay. general no, politicians saying, have oh, done okay. this. All of them. So you're saying that right now, you're ha- the reason why you like Trump is because he's not a politician. Because yes. I mean, Reagan wasn't a politician technically. That's yes. most of his supporters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Most yes. of his supporters. Yes. They feel like they're not career politicians. Yeah. yeah. And there's been presidents in the past who weren't politicians who were great presidents, who right. were businessmen. So it's not in like this, oh, Trump's a businessman. How could he be president? There's been five or six previous presidents who were businessmen, mm-hmm. mainly in most of their life, and they became presidents, and they were great presidents. Mm-hmm. So we needed a businessman. We needed somebody. another one? Who was another businessman? Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was Teddy a businessman. Oh, yeah, he was um, good. You know, he didn't get become president, but Kennedy's father was initially supposed to be president, right. uh, Jack, and he was a huge businessman, and that's the reason why they wanted another so bad. Mm. But, you know, scandals. 
Oh, well, I mean, I'm just I'm just confused as I mean, I know I, I think the next person's probably going to be um, our former mayor. Like, I think he's next on the ch- I think he's going to be I think him and his Ukraine buddies, <laughs> his Ukraine buddies that he had lunch with right before they were headed out for for like they had one way tickets out. There. Come Hold on. on. That does if the optics alone of that is not like hilarious. Like, oh, you're talking about Bloomberg? You're talking about no, that? don't. I mean, even though I'm not a Bloomberg, look, I'm not a Bloomberg supporter, so you're not hurting me by saying that I'm not a Bloomberg supporter. I'm talking about your. They call him America's favorite mayor, America's mayor, Mr. Giuliani. Giuliani. Oh yeah, yeah, the one who, uh, who took us through 9/11. Way more better than the president did at the well, time. Well, he only took us through 9/11 for four months, and then after that, Bloomberg came on. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what did he do really? Because like I was here. He stood like, up and fought. And, you know, but, he, no, no, no. But what did Giuliani people... really do? I mean, honestly... I mean, what Bush should have done? Bush backed away, yeah. and then Giuliani took it and stood and like, like president for four. <laughs> For that time period, <laughs> and, and that's why people love the man so much because right. he stood up in the president. Where the president's supposed to be doing? Remember the Giuliani president did. was like sitting and like reading yeah. nursery rhymes. Of course, Do you remember of course, that? of course. He kept reading, <laughs> like he kept going. Like yeah. they were like he's, and then his excuse was he didn't want to interrupt the kids. Yes. Oh yeah, the poor didn't kids. Scare the kids. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like that. Don't even <laughs> understand. <laughs> <on fire. laughs> like, that is, face said it all. Who? Oh my god! And then Katrina. Oh, but Bloomberg. I can't. Okay. All right. Hey guys, it's Maxine here with a special message for our listeners. I want to thank you for listening to Politrix Podcast and wanted to share an exciting offer to entrepreneurs and supporters. We are now offering businesses the opportunity to be advertised on our show during this mid-roll. If you're interested, please email hello at politrixpodcast.com. We are also taking support from our listeners through the Anchor app. Just click the support this podcast button and you can give whatever you want. The funding is helpful to increase our production so we can add video and start marketing and advertising for our podcast we appreciate you and please continue to listen to the show next topic guys um let's get into some bloomberg since we're talking about bloomberg Mm. so michael bloomberg is uh, reconsidering entering the presidential race um he kicked it off on sunday by speaking at a black church and apologizing for his uh nyc criminal policy stop and frisk what makes this apology seem disingenuous is that in January, he was defending stop and frisk. In March, he joked that if he decided to run, he said, and this is kind of like an off quote, like I kind of like I tried to transcribe it as best as I could. He said he would charge um, all of his views and go, uh, he would, in order to run, he would have to change all of his views, excuse me, and go on an apology tour. He said, <laughs> and he said, this is what he said. He says Joe. Oh, oh he said Joe Biden had to apologize about being male, over fifty, white. He apologized for the one piece of le- the one piece of legislation, which was actually a pretty good anti-crime bill. How does Bloomberg expect to gain the African American and Latino uh, voters he's with the that Drake. kind? Of- he's the Drake of the presidential candidate. Wait, what? Apology tour. Wait, that might be, dude. That uh, might be oh the title God. of this episode. Uh, Bloomberg oh is the God. Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but what? Okay, come, like, oh how can goodness. you come in? Like, what is he? Up- so, okay, I am torn because okay. oh I was working in the city under Bloomberg, and when the economy was going down, right? Uh-huh. Because he, listen, New York wasn't doing as bad as every other city, right? right? When yeah, everything we've always, went down, but I mean, we also have Wall Street. Afloat. We have always, we also do have, we have the financial. But he decimated social safety networks, um, and got rid of childcare and after school, and he got rid of Advantage program, which helps like. He brought the bikes. <laughs> he got rid of smoking in the park. He's what very he... paternalistic. Um, Wait, what did he's he... the one who first instituted that you can't smoke cigarettes in the clubs, restaurants, parks. Oh. That was him. So. That's okay. Are you mad about that? No, but that's why I mean I'm torn because okay, then you look at everything else that he yeah, did. He also he got rid of the Advantage program, um, and that helped like people who were working poor, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you need an extra three hundred dollars a month to be able to pay your rent. So that was the Advantage program. He eliminated that, mm. which increased homelessness by like a ridiculous amount. Right. Um, and so it's just like, you know, his his politics and then stop and frisk, like not even... the most inefficient policy that he instituted across right. the city. Right. So if for no other reason, forget, you know, racism and everything else, it was a waste of taxpayer dollars having these officers out here for a 0.1 percent success rate. So I just think like mm, not a fan. Yeah, but running running. How is he going to even convince black people? And by it, like apologizing, do you think that like 
Do you no. think that was like effective? No, I don't think so at all. I think mm. people have scars that they won't forget. And also like, how are you going to get the red states on your side? Like you're mm-hmm. a Jewish billionaire. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you have more That's work to do thing. than just black America. Right. Right. Yeah, you, you, should, you should learn from that commie de Blasio. It ain't going to work, brother. It ain't happening. <laughs> the commie. The commie <laughs> it's, it's you, saw, you saw the pictures when he's young with the afro with the Che Guevara shirts oh, on. Let's be real here. <laughs> so, so what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I, he has no chance. Uh, if he's Drake of this, then then <laughs> then Trump is Pusha T. And he's, oh, he's going to crush him. Man, let's keep it that real here. Good. You that like that good. one. You like that one. <laughs> yeah, so the only one to ever get him to ever get Drake <laughs> yeah, yeah. off his first second. Well, he, like, he got him a little bit. It got him off the ropes. Everyone was like, Drake is going down. <laughs> I was like, as soon as he did it, I was like, you know what you're doing, Drake? Yeah. I was like, he, Drake was feeling himself right there yeah. that moment. He said, yeah. I'm coming. He's like, I'm yeah. coming, dog. Yeah, Boom, yeah, which push that? I'm like, Drake, yeah, calm down. Yeah. 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 Yeah
and I went and in there doing it, and that's what got do me through. Have like. Advantages, like the reality is, like in this country, there were state-sanctioned laws, federal laws with redlining, not being able to own property, which impacts your generational wealth. Like that's what I mean by not acknowledging it and feeling like we have the same soil. Nah, your soil was fertilized every day. Mm-hmm. My soil is and red you, clay. We talked about <laughs> you, and we talked about you having both your parents, and just having your, is a kind of a privilege. Just having both your parents in your life, having a father that's in your life that's helped you know, like not everybody had that. You know, so there are some un- like she said, the soil isn't it's not the same. For exactly. Everybody. But like if you're in my, somebody like in my shoes and don't play the victim card, if you're in my shoes, lead, if you're in my shoes and show other people, you don't have to be victim. This is why I know it's hard for you because you've been through the situation, but I haven't. And look at where I'm at. Look what I'm doing. You can do the same. Let me show you how. That's and what you're we need to do. If people aren't in your shoes, then you give them a little bit more leeway. Of course, you to give them. Feel. Yeah, my my dad worked at Charles Hickey School, the largest the largest detention center in Baltimore. So a lot of kids I met there, ninety nine percent of them didn't have the advantages I had growing mm-hmm. up. But when I met them, I, I was like, what? You know, at first I was like, oh, geez, dad, where where you working? <laughs> but then my dad, but my dad, but I'll watch him because I was I was a fear for my dad at that point, and I'll see how they carry themselves. With my dad and everything with my dad was yes sir, no sir. Much respect, all this respect, and they could, mm-hmm. that means they showed me they could be a, a man just like me with the respect, just like me for the uh, for different people if they were shown a way. So my dad's showing them the way, and that's mm-hmm. somebody kind of showing them, hey, you don't have to go the negative route or pull a gun out. There's other options you can take. Hey, look, I'll show you, and look, I did it, and look where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You can do the same. Well, I, I mean. We we go off on tangents. Just and you'll 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 get to you'll get to know. Us. We go off on so many tangents. The question was, it's a good point to bring up, but it's um what we were just. I mean, just to bring it back to, why do you think that the people of color? How do you think that he will appeal to people of color? And I was just saying that sometimes you know if I mean I I don't I can't see Bloomberg going that far, but. You know, like you said, for the economy, I mean, I don't know if there's any social programs that he's supporting. I don't know what his policies are. So I can't even jump in. All I know is that he had just apologized for stopping uh, Frisk. Apologize to her to me is pandering. Just out the gate. Yeah. Here, I'm oh, here to pander. That's, yeah. And, and that's, and that's, be, and that's enough it. of the pandering. Bring the policy. Bring, that's what black people need. We need policies. Mm-hmm. We don't need pandering. Yeah, what's your idea moving forward? Right, exactly. right, right. He could have, I mean, but then again, he said, like, what do you wanted him to say? Like, okay, so my new policy, instead of stopping for us, this is what I want, this is what I meant Did to I do. I behaved, I don't know. What could he have said that would have made people like, you know, I mean, like, uh, we, if he doesn't apologize, then people are mad. Then he's like a Biden. But if he does apologize, then people are still mad. Like, it's like, what? Because do you, it's not genuine. <laughs> You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that's what pandering is. You're doing it just to satisfy this populace. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't actually believe that it was an ineffective policy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have that's an answer the for the situation. And then when they bring it up in a debate, because somebody you know you more than likely will, then you have your answer. Well, he this knows. Is- but he knows. I mean, I think he knows that it's, I mean, the we just talked about, like, some of the 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 numbers. Like, it's 1%. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's was it 1%? Is that what you said? 0.1%. Point, okay, 0.1%. And I think they Four, said. He, they found 14 guns out of every one out of every 100,000 stops. Wow. But they I think they said like 700,000 people in one year or something. They in total had 5 million stops. Yeah, Ooh. so 700,000 so, per year and in black the six- and brown people were nine times more likely to get stopped. So like when you hear that and that and what people don't understand what that means, you don't understand how demoralizing that is. You're on your way to work or you might be hanging out with your friends. You're in, you know, the community. You might have went to the bodega. You come out. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to, you know, you're talking, having a conversation. And then the police roll up on you and then like stop, frisk you and stuff. And then you have nothing wrong and you you might be with your girl or you might be. And it's like, why would, why do people of color have to feel that way? Like, I don't understand how he thought that this was something that would would have worked. And to that point, I mean, to bring it together, it takes away sort of that empowerment that you felt, Chris, right? Like, if you're so disempowered and you're losing your agency, you're getting stopped. Because some people got stopped multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. Like, throughout the years. Mm-hmm. some I think one person got stopped like 35 times mm-hmm. and never had anything. So it's like, you know, how do I, like, <laughs> feel driving. good about, like, pulling myself up by the bootstraps and everything? Right. When it's like, damn, I can't even walk outside, you know? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Can't, can't so I have my boots on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure they're not Nike boots. I tip. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. Well, next topic, guys. Um, so Joe Biden believed um, that weed is a gateway drugs, right? That's what he believes. <laughs> Sorry. And doesn't want to legalize it McGruff. on the federal level. Um, what are your thoughts? Shots to McGruff. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Do you oh, think man. Biden has a point? Biden's a joke with that one, man. Come yeah. 
on, bro. Come on. Especially if he's trying to he's trying to peel to black people so much. I'm like, bro, you better not even try to go after weed, man, because you really going to boom just blow your whole. But older people, older people don't older people, but they don't like it. They don't like reefer. Reefer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. They don't. They don't. It's a it's a gateway to mass incarceration. That's what it is. Okay. That is a political joke. Uh, I like that. Right. That is a good one. You can do good the politics joke thing. Okay, political joke for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. That, that one you should use on okay. your set tonight. That's what you should use. Oh, that was good. So, um, yeah, I mean, here's my thing on it. My point is, um, I think, and I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. I mean, here's the thing. Would you guys, like, if, I hate saying this because I've, I've seen a conservative say this, but would you want your doctor smoking weed before he, like, has to do, like, surgery on you? But to me, that's different because. Do you want your driver, your 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 limo, your Uber legalization? Like you can still have weed. Like if you're a doctor, you can't smoke weed, kind of thing. Like you know, if you're a doctor, you can't. If you're a doctor, you can't be drunk. Yeah, and that's the thing. So alcohol is legal. So it's like that's what happens. What happens? Certain professions are going to require drug tests and everything else. But you guys are. But you know, weed is that kind of drug that makes people feel relaxed. So people would feel like, hey, I can smoke weed before I start my shift. But it stays in your system the longest changes with weed seems like they just want it completely unregulated like no there has to be rules. laws yeah, yeah, yeah. and rules and tests they already have breathalyzers for marijuana now um, mm. yeah one state is starting to employ it I forget which state so like but when you're driving you have yeah, to like breathe breathe in it right oh, okay. which is problematic because weed stays in your system longer yeah um, in your hair and everything but those kinks have to get worked out okay. but we need regulation you know yeah. and that's what legalization would do okay. like regulate the usage right so yes. So you guys don't think it's a gateway drug? Um, I mean, if, if I mean, if you look, if you look, I'm be honest. Look, I'm be honest. Like, I can't. I, I something like that. You can't speak for yourself, but I can. I, I'm going to be honest. I, 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 I do think, in a way, it is a gateway. I drug. love. Oh shoot! And look, yeah, and, and, and somebody who's, you've who's gone a, who's to a the next by. level. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. That's not personal. It's not personal. I made that clear. Not personal. I'm a heroin addict as well. No, no, but but this is this is what it is. I grew up in I grew up in the opioid crisis, and I grew up in the area with a in the suburban area with a lot of white people. A lot of white people got caught up in the opioid crisis, and I witnessed it firsthand. They were smoking weed. A lot of them in middle school. Mm-hmm. And they went from smoking weed to boom, rum, right to the heart, to the almost the heart drugs. And it wasn't that the fact that it was just oh, it was marijuana. It was the fact that they loved high. That they were addicted to the high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They so went when to they go got higher and higher. exactly, so when they got the weed high, everybody knows who's smoked the marijuana. About you know smoking it for a couple months, you're just gonna get, you're, you're gonna feel relaxed, but you're not gonna be like the first time you smoke weed and run around the backyard like a madman or something. You know what I mean? So. That's what happened with them. But what so. about the fact that, like, in like places like in Europe, where you can, like, I'm just, you know, I go back and forth. So, you know, I'm sorry, people. I know you guys are like, what side is she on? <laughs> um, but you, we also have to take into consideration, like, the fact that, like, in Europe, you have kids that are seven years old that can drink liquor, wine, right? Mm. And they don't have like these like college like kids that are like having really bad like drunken fests. Like yeah. they don't have these like crazy DUIs. They don't have that because kids are not like they're like by the time they're eighteen, they're like, okay, I've been drinking wine all my life. I don't even care. Yeah, you know? and you got to remember the history. Like of think her. about you. Like you drink. Like you're you're you're. Uh, we're all um, in our um, early thirties, but we don't like we're not boozing it out. No. You know yeah. what I mean? But, but the thing with the gateway to your point, Chris, I also think it's because it's the black market, so it's accessible. Like your drug dealer is going to have weed and he might have molly and he might have coke and he might have and other things on him right mm-hmm. whereas when you go to a dispensary or whatever sort of thing you decide to employ mm-hmm. um to de- you know disseminate it it's also like now we have regulation like now he's not going to have that because that's the black market and mm-hmm. like you're going to go to him to get heroin you know but if you want <laughs> weed you can go buy it legally right. you know right. so I think there's that that's connection too right no, 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 I don't know why that's, that's so bit, no, funny it's, to it's me. a good point but it's the uh and also the well, Kirsten and mentioned as well it's the history of it to me that's important like okay. you know older mm-hmm. countries we are the youngest country we're the baby country of the right. world right so of course we have our history with alcohol is going to college getting oh party <laughs> hey, well, and that's American history when it comes to alcohol when you go to Europe their history is totally different when it comes to alcohol when you go to Italy it's totally mm-hmm. different because they're older countries and they had it for so long it's like oh yeah we were drinking at seven what's the big deal like yeah. I, I didn't really I stopped when I was 20 like who cares and it's so they so you see how they carry themselves it's different yeah. and I think what what helps a country get more understanding of a certain drug or you know alcohol, whatever it may be, uh. is legalizing it. 
Because mm-hmm. then when it's legalized, you you, mm-hmm. you say you don't abuse it. You don't mm-hmm. you go late at night to the city and, you know, try to buy it from dude mm-hmm. on the corner mm-hmm. in the back part of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to do all that stuff. You can yeah. just, you know, and it kind of over time gets to the point where it's like, yeah, we don't have to go so crazy for this because, you know, it's legal. It's, you know, and I think that's why I'm okay with legalizing yeah. it at right. the same time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our um, our last topic. We're kind of, usually we take so long to get to these. Like, we're going, we're busting through these. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So this is kind of an interesting um story um i don't know if you guys are following the rodney reed story have you guys heard about yeah. okay mm-hmm. so rodney reed has been getting a lot of media attention and has had celebrities like kim kardashian dr phil rihanna and so many other celebrities speak on his behalf um he was sentenced to death for the rape and murder of stacy uh, stites in the town of bastrop Texas on April 23rd, 1996. He has been on, um, um, on Texas death row since 1998. Um, the Texas court of criminal appeals, um, decided, uh, just this past weekend to stop, um, Rodney Reed's execution on Friday after, um, a campaign assisted in the efforts. Right. So, um, However, this is however the jubilation around this case has um, kind of been tempered in recent days as more people have looked into um, Reed's past and uncovered some six separate uh, sexual assault cases identifying him as a suspect. His supporters, um, many of whom are on both sides of the political aisle, say um, it's biased police uh, may have embellished and the charges against him to um, to order to make in order to make the case for a more slam dunk case. Um, others have said that Reed was well known in Bastrop, in Bastrop, Texas for accosting and assaulting multiple women in this era of social activism. Um, it is, it, it becomes very easy to, um, fall into the mass movements in in directions of both cancellation or exoneration culture. What do you guys think about this? I would say in the era of social media activism, um, I think no one reads. Like, seriously. <laughs> I just like, read the titles and I'm like, oh, oh I got the news. Oh my gosh, my number one thing is like, please read. Like, mm-hmm. reading is down like 40% across this country. And right. like, had you done a little bit of research and not just like reading the headlines mm-hmm. and like whatever your favorite social media celebrity is now charging up, you right, know? Right, right, right. I think we wouldn't be in this predicament, but I know there is um, one celebrity, Amanda Seals, oh, who yeah. came out, right? Okay, in she full recently. Support. And she at told, first at first and then she recently came I was like oh my god I'm so sorry I didn't mm-hmm. do my research like this is why you have to be thorough in your research right. um, because his DNA was in a number inside of the women that were well, one that was like a the, according to what she was saying but a, there was a lot of falsehoods in her actual account like she also even for someone that doesn't who was saying to read mm-hmm. a lot of the things she was saying was inaccurate also um, Sean King actually <laughs> Talcum X. Talcum X. As, as oh, he calls, is that, that's is what that, you guys call that, him? No, I don't. He uh, does. <laughs> Tal- <laughs> Talcum X? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he said that... Um, oh, no. <laughs> just, I tell you, we end up just laughing because he says crazy, crazy stuff. Shout out to Texas. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Shout out to Texas, our number one listeners. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 New York, it's New York is second, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, um, we have to kind of... Okay, first of all, we got to break this down, right? So a lot of this stuff that th- this this case has been going, I mean, this is 1998, right? Mm-hmm. He's part of the Innocence Project, right? Mm-hmm. He, they've taken on this, this, um, this case. Now, they don't take on cases and put their their reputation on the line. They just don't. Yeah. They don't do it. Yeah. So they're not going to so I understand what she was doing by coming and and I, that's something I also wanted to mention in this conversation. I'm I'm glad you brought it up. But she but she also hadn't done her research mm-hmm. because you can't you you can't just have a Google search and say that oh, I saw that he had all these cases. One, he wasn't, he wasn't, none of those cases, he never went, like, he was never found guilty on any of those cases. Right. Um, two, some of those cases came after yes. he was being sentenced. Mm-hmm. Two, he was also in high school, so he was young. He wasn't like a, he was like 15, 16, like, he wasn't like a older, like, we think of him like an older man going, because there was, one of the cases was a 12-year-old, but the 12-year-old, according, of the, from what I read, she didn't even identify him. Mm-hmm. She identified somebody else. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that we have to like 
before, like at first I was like, when I saw this case, first I, I didn't want to like get myself emotionally involved. Like I just said, I can't get emotionally involved anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so. I was like, y'all got it. <laughs> yeah, that's, what that's what I said. I said, you y'all guys, got it. yeah, y'all going to take this one from me. Cause I just can't. And then he's about to die. I'm like, I'm good. I'm not going to get inside. And then he, pa- like, I'm not. I read just mercy, you know? Yes. Like, <laughs> I I'm did good. my part. Please. That's it. I can't. I just don't need that. And I don't need that extra on me. And honestly, now this now I'm now I'm in now I'm engaged right because mm-hmm. now it's in front of me and now I'm paying attention and now I'm like saying to myself like well okay so if he's guilty if he's not guilty of killing Stacy which is what it shows because it he does they do the the husband the poli- the police officer um fiance excuse me seems to have had a better um I think he has more I think they were he was a, he was a suspect at first hmm. and um um it's a crazy case that he was actually killing a court. Allegedly he was allegedly killing some of the police officers that had impl- uh, implicated him. <laughs> yeah. It's a, when I'm, this case is so upside down, inside out. So what we're trying to figure out now is who's the person that did that. But they're saying that obviously for them to let this man, you know, continue to get off death row, there has to be a lot of evidence. It's not about just people were so moved and they see the people and they're like, thank you. It's not that. It's actual evidence. These people look at evidence. They're not... If he didn't kill Stacey, then he should not be on death row for that murder, regardless but of what that may mur- have happened with assaults or murders prior to. He wasn't charged for those, mm-hmm. right? So then that's a totally in separate, different trial. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I do agree. Like, we have to figure out our due process system. Like, we can't allow social media to be the ones that do that for us. But then how does that work? So are we supposed to like, because like that's something I wonder, why would the Innocence Project take on a case of a, someone who has all this baggage? Like this is like he's brutal. To, he's if, if these case, if this is true, he's obviously a threat to women. You know what I mean? Yeah. If some of these things, maybe Stacy, he had a relationship, which, you know, from what it seems, some people mm-hmm. have said, yes, she um, she mm-hmm. didn't was dating this man. Um, and, and some other people said that the, the, the police officer fiance also, um, kind of, you know, he, he, he was kind of boasting about the fact that he had killed her because Mm. she had a, a relationship with a black man and that wasn't going to happen, you know? So I don't know. I mean, like how, how does this, like, how do they put themselves at risk for this? You know, I don't know. The innocence project. I mean, I don't know. I think it, it, Listen, if they see that there's a reason to have reasonable doubt or the evidence isn't all there or they can't prove his guilt, then I think that he should be off of death row. Right. Um, But then allow the other cases to come up and and transpire the way that they need to happen. Right. So I just think that. We, we have to get better with, like, hearing something and then immediately reacting. Like, right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. So. What do you think, Chris? What? Uh, I mean, you're, and of course, innocent is pro- until proven guilty. Right. Um, it's this case was so, it was so complicated, man. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Like when I heard about it, I was first I was like, man, what are they talking about? Then I looked into it. I'm like, okay, all right. And then it's then it's going this way, and then it going back that way. And then I'm like. Man, it's just, uh, my thing is this, man. Let, keep him off death row until all the evidence is clearly laid out mm-hmm. from all his past crimes, or supposed, supposed crimes, everything. Mm-hmm. When it all lays out, they say, here it is. Mm-hmm. Now I make a decision. I'll make a decision. Mm-hmm. And if those, and if he did those sexual crimes and the mm-hmm. past assaults, and he needs to serve his time for those. Yeah, I mean, he's been in jail for 20-something years. Yeah, so, well. Hmm. Does wow. he get like time? And oh yeah, yeah, time definitely get time <laughs> off. You know, from the, if, if it's like I a mean, thing this where you crazy man. Yeah, I just hope that for the sake of like us, you like social media. You know what I mean? Because this would really be like a like for everybody that's like been yeah, supporting. Exactly. Like this is gonna be like the Me Too gone wrong. Like black like Black Lives Matter. Like hashtag movements gone wrong when mm-hmm. we've like you know what I mean. This is like a scary. Like this has to. He's yeah. got to be innocent. And if he isn't, like all right, like. I'm going to be really pissed. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing that I was worried about. The only thing I was worried about when Trump when he got prison reform taken care of, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was worried just about situations not particularly like this, but mm-hmm. similar to this, and where people might be getting, you know, mm-hmm. time off when they commit the crimes, man. Yeah. But people are just coming out campaigning and protesting, and boom, they get off and they commit the crime right when they get it free again. And yeah. I'm not saying this is a situation like that, but yeah. that's the one thing that, you know, back in my mind, I was glad that he got it passed, but, yeah. you know, I'm just like, oof. I'm gonna leave another. I'm gonna leave it like with this um, thing t- for you guys to um, kind of marinate on. 
Um, this happened in 90, 1996 in Texas. Um, does anybody know who the governor was of Texas during this? Bush. Okay. Uh, I was going to say Bush. Okay. So let's just, rem- and does anybody Jeff? know? No. <laughs> <laughs> w. Our, uh, our, our, our former president. And does anybody know his actual, um, what he's known for? In his like what he's actually one of his the his record. Um, so George, oh gosh, I'm scared. No, does do you sexual know? assault? No, no. Oh, he did have something, but it wasn't sexual assault. No, he did have some weird thing, but um, damn, I didn't even think of that. No, that wasn't what I was gonna say. But um, do you guys know about his record with the um, capital punishment? Mm. <laughs> oh. So I wanted to leave with this. Um, Bush, as a governor, under his leadership, Texas executed 154 prisoners, more than any previous governor in modern American history. Critics such as Helen Prejean argue that he failed to give serious consideration for clemency requests. During his tenure, Bush presided over more executions of death row inmates than any other governor in the history of Texas so far, surpassed only by his successor, Rick Perry, who Hmm. (laughs) was the governor from 2000 to 2015. The rate averages in in execution in the state every every nine days. Um, the only death penalty case among the 155, so he went one part, like he killed one more over um, over Bush. So, you know, I guess they were like, <laughs> the record. yeah, he had yeah. to break the record. <laughs> exactly. That came across George W's desk. Um, so long story short, you know, when you talk about sometimes Democrats and stuff, I want you to remember this, like how how the criminal justice system, a lot of these people that they executed their DNA wasn't wasn't um, mm-hmm. wasn't properly you know um, um, adjudicated. Ju- ju- mm-hmm. um, people he they, he denied clemency, so a lot of people of color died under GW. You know, so another. Well, he's, he, but he's he's establishment. I mean, anything he's Bush family. I mean, this, if I if I make a party tomorrow and I have my first people, five people after me are great individuals who do a great job. Number seven or eight is going to be a jerk. He's going to be an idiot. He's going to be a moron. And you can't just say, oh, everybody before that is a moron, idiot. Yeah. You got to say Nixon was an idiot. Bush, anything Bush is an idiot. <laughs> anything the last name Bush. All and, right. You know, so. Okay. And we're going to leave. Um, we're going to end right here. It's just politics <laughs> as usual. Thank you all for listening to the Politics Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, hit subscribe, leave us a comment. Let us know what topics you want us to hear. A lot of people have been sending us stuff through Instagram. Thank you. Keep doing, Keep doing that. Thank you to our co-host today, Nora. She, she was dope, you, giving us some dope um, commentary. Um, I'm Kirsten J on Instagram. I'm Miss Yaya. Everybody's favorite conservative in New York, Christopher Wright. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, think they got something they want to say. Think they got something they want to say.